This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Yeah, we made it. You just talk. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Vice camera action. Hour two. This is Moneyline ESPN 97.5. That's Josh Jordan. That's Nick Sharara. I'm just Jerry Bonos with us. See a little piece of this puzzle on a Sunday morning. We try to get you on the right side of the bets. We try to get you all the breaking news as far as caught up because we only get we really only get one time a week. So it's not even breaking news to be honest with you. It's it's catching up on things that we've uh, learned throughout the week. What's changed? It's like, hey Josh, you look like a whole different new guy now. Like. The, the Astros are on a win streak, or, or they're not. You know, every, every 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 week it changes. Yes, I know that yesterday, Urquidy went out there and threw a gym. Hey, we're getting pitching again. Yeah. Life is good, and I'm down with that. 713-780-3776. Before we get into baseball, let's loosen this up a little bit, right? Because with the pandemic, we need to, we need to loosen up a little bit, right? We need to relax. Well, this guy relaxed a little bit too much because of the pandemic. There's a story going on on TikTok right now. It's gone viral. 2.7 million views, over 500,000 likes. So you know something's popping here. And it starts like this. A girl goes to TikTok, Catherine, and says, basically, she tells a love story. One that, that was close to my heart. I was reading it. I, I was in love with the whole story. I wanted to see where they was going. She said, two years dating this guy. Everything was good. He was wonderful. Then, whenever they were starting to talk about marriage, maybe maybe kids, Boom, pandemic kids. Then all of a sudden, he comes up and he says he caught corona. He's COVID positive. Then all of a sudden, he says he died. He says he died? <laughs> Somebody says he died. He comes up with that he died, right? Well, she goes around trying to find out what, what happened with him, giving his name at, at all the hospitals, trying to find out what happened. Well, the whole time, that wasn't even his name. So this whole two years... It was catfish, basically. Oh, gosh. It, 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 was a, it was a modern-day catfish. Yes, yeah, she, she thought she knew who he was. She didn't. As soon as she started getting talking about kids and marriage and, and commitment, my man faked his death. <laughs> she goes public, and, and like I said, people are just laughing at this, man, because just to think of it, you couldn't have thought of anything else. All of a sudden, the, the pandemic hit. You know, he's thinking, he's talking to his boys like, this is my chance. Like, what are you going to do? I'm going to tell him I'm dead. <laughs> Like he, he couldn't have thought of anything else. That is that's impressive. <laughs> that definitely breaks it off to where you're not going back after that one. That's fantastic. Fantastic people taking COVID uh, 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 advantage of the COVID situation. A church leader in Florida selling one million dollars worth of toxic bleach as COVID miracle cure. Right. Well, they got away with it for a long time. A federal grand jury in Miami is returning an indictment charging a Florida man, Mark Grinnan, 62-year-old, and his three sons. This whole band of these whole band of criminals here, fraudulently marketing and selling Miracle Mineral Solution, MMS, a toxic 
industrial bleach as a cure for COVID-19. It also cured cancer, <laughs> autism, course. malaria, hepatitis. The clap. Herpes. No, I'm, <laughs> let me get to that. For, for, for herpes people out there, yes. If you need it, let me know. I, I can get you in contact with this guy after he gets out of jail. But the, he's looking at uh, federal court orders right now. A lot of people were buying it. What the hell? I believe it. You know, I often wondered, you know, with hand sanitizer, remember it got to be so hard, you know, hard to get. People couldn't find it anywhere. It was expensive. I wondered if people were just kind of making fake hand sanitizer and selling it. Like, how would you know? Are you going to test it? Cause no. Yeah. And you smell a lot of them. Like you see the liquor companies. Yeah. Using now, and then you, I, I, I know this talk real about my house got some bootleg one. Every time I go in and they try to give me some, I feel like they're, they're throwing Corona on my hands. You know, I get out of there. I, I feel suspect. But, you know, we live in a world where everyone le- uh, reads the nutrition label. Yeah. Right? And you're like, well, that's too much sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's bad for my cholesterol. Well, if you read the, the label on MMS, it says this chemical solution contains, contains sodium chloride and water. Can be ingested orally, at which point it becomes chlorine, uh, chlorine di- dioxide. <laughs> and people were still taking this? That just tells you, man, people will believe anything. We're so gullible. And people are scared, you know, but, you know, it also doesn't help when people are telling people to drink household cleaners for COVID. That, that's actually advice given out. So you can't blame the population for, for falling for this, some of this dumb stuff. I guess you could blame them, but, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not surprised. People are, can be kind of gross. Like humanity can be a great thing, but it can also be an ugly thing where people take advantage of situations. And clearly, that's what happened right here. I could tell he was getting taken advantage of Lady Gaga. She has these prime, uh, these prize English bulldogs, right? Mm-hmm. She's got someone that walks them all the time. She's got a personal assistant. I guess I don't even know if that's her personal assistant. Maybe he's just a dog walker. You know, she, you know, she's got a big team. Either way. Story's broken out here. Dog walker was taking the dogs for a little walk as usual. Somebody jumps out trying to steal the dogs, ends up shooting them in the chest. Boom. Now there's a she, she comes out quickly, throws out a $500,000 reward, which she says no questions will be asked. You know, they always say that no questions will be asked. Just return it. And here comes the idiot that returns it. You know, they're going to ask you a question. Of course. How the hell did you get the dogs? Well, that's where we are now. Police have made five arrests. Five? The women that a woman came forward and she had the dog, at which point they start. She didn't ask the questions. Gaga ain't asking questions. We are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we, we need to talk to you. They, they, she starts telling them names. There's 18 year old, 19 year old involved, a 27 year old. All these people, they're getting charged with attempted murder, conspiracy to commit robbery, and second degree robbery. You don't mess with Lady Gaga. So the person that got shot, did they die? Do we know no, that? No. So they're still alive, and it's crazy because now everyone's saying, like, she owes him, like, big time for this. You know, and she, I mean, and she came out right away, and she was pissed. I mean, as far as, like, we need to find out. 500000 no questions asked. I'll pay it cash. Like, it just, we need to know. Idiots saw the dollar signs and said, well, hand me that dog. I'll go turn it in for you. Well, I mean, that had to be the plan all along, right? You kidnap the dog, and you get a ransom. The, the fact that they needed like five people. Imagine these five people like putting this plan together in somebody's basement. Here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna steal the dogs from Lady Gaga's dog walker. You like, know what I mean? Like, like where the they plan? even come up with this? They start looking into things like, what do we want? Mayweather's jewelry. You know, what are we gonna look for? And then, and then like, you know, Lady Gaga loves those dogs. Mm-hmm. All three of them. 
Let's get them. Then they came out with weapons. They kind of maybe a, a bat to the knee, yeah. you know, straight up shot to the chest. That was a kill shot to the chest. Yeah. Maybe a shot to the kneecap. Boom. You know, I thought about them just wow. And they got it on camera, too, because the the, the wherever they, this happened, there was a camera pointing that way. It's just to me, it's just crazy. It's, it's not easy being a dog walker. <laughs> if there's five people involved, couldn't they just like run up and tackle this guy and take the dogs? Like, why do you have to shoot him in the chest? The girl, Jennifer McBride, who turned the dogs in attempting to collect the reward, is in a relationship with Harold White, the father, one of the people charged with the... You know, again, they sat around, the award came out, the reward, I'm sorry, and then all of a sudden they were like, you, you want to take them? They can't connect these dots? People are just dumbasses, man. Like That's man. like the, the, the weed dealer that calls the cops when his weed gets stolen. Yeah, <laughs> that, that never Somebody works got out. me. That never works out. That's incredible. But I mean, it just made, I mean, Gaga's got money. She's going to want her dogs back. So I I get the plan. But like you said, do you have to shoot the dog walker in the chest? Now the cops are looking for somebody that that shot somebody. Tell you who else is going to get paid. Let's switch gears a little bit here. The um, I guess they were trying to keep it somewhat of a secret for Drew Brees' plans in the booth. Mm -hmm. Right? He's moving on from football. I'm sure he's going to be wonderful. But then I started looking into these reports about how much these guys are getting paid. I didn't realize Troy Aikman makes seven million, yeah, which is nearly double of what Tony Romo makes. Double, I guess. Tony's still on his rookie contract. Let's call it. Really, I thought he signed it another extension and got more. So Troy makes more than him. Yeah, that's what I, Troy makes about seven million with Fox, nearly double Tony Romo's contract. CBS. Hmm. Now, where? So where do you put Breeze? It's. Is it going to be in that entry, ballpark? It's got to be entry level. That it starts at that entry level, or, or the same, or, or is Breeze coming in there with you know demanding? Supposedly, so he's calling the uh, Notre Dame games. So he's already scheduled for seven games this fall, and then they're going to go ahead and, and, and slide him into Sunday night football. I'm hearing and try to get him on just various things. But I mean, I think this is something we're going to see going forward. I'm. It just doesn't seem right until you get Peyton Manning in there as well. Yeah, then they've tried. Like that's who I want to hear. Me too. And they've tried with Peyton. He just, I guess he hadn't wanted to. He didn't want to commit to it. Peyton's gonna have too many dad jokes though. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> like we're in the middle of a play here. <laughs> They're in the no huddle, and he's still telling that dad joke. I think that that's where we're gonna get with him. Yeah, he starts singing that jingle from the insurance company that he reps. Like that's not gonna be great. But you have to whatever Jason Witten was getting paid. Pay him more than that, because it better be better than Jason Witten. Because we don't know a Breeze. He could be terrible. Yeah. You know, we don't know. We don't, just like we don't know if, if Elon Musk is going to be good on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. You know, that's what people think, that just because people, uh, you could just, well, he played football, you could plug him in. Elon Musk, he's rich. He's got a following. Put him on Saturday Night Live. The guys on Saturday Night Live, a lot of the cast is coming out and saying, the, 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 the you know, the people that worked there, they're saying, we're not even going to show up that day. Like, this and, and they're allowed to not show up. They're saying that, that it's been such a, a, a clap back at why they're having him on there because people believe like this. I mean, what's to say that this guy's not just a piece of wood up there? You know, just I, he's the guy saying those weird jokes. He's doing the dad jokes. He's doing the, that's what she said. You know, he's yes. doing that number. That's what she said. That's all he's going to do on Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live is, is made for the, the most clever of the clever. It is, but, you know, they have writers. So he just has to read the cue cards. They should have some jokes for him. Keep in mind, George Steinbrenner hosted SNL. Yeah, he did. You know what I mean? Like a lot of guys, like Charles Barkley did, he was awful. 
Uh, just recently, J.J. Watt did it. He was really good. So, you know, it's not like they haven't done this before, where they bring somebody that's completely unqualified to host a sketch show. They've done it before. We'll see how bad it is. We'll see how bad we can be. We got 45 minutes left. I got one soccer play. I got a bad beat today. You know, I talk about winning. Today I had a team, two red cards in one game, a missed penalty shot, and then they called back a goal. That's my life right now. ESPN 97.5. I want to get away. I want to fly away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ESPN. Listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713 780 3776 at Moneyline 97.5, which is where you can find us on Twitter. It's just a squad in here trying to get it on. And whose mom is hot? There's a reason we are bouncing back with Stacy's mom as our music here. Props to Nick. Zach Wilson's mom is a MILF, Jerry. It has been decided. Apparently her Instagram went bananas. And the big story in New York after the draft is, is not Zach Wilson. It's his hot mom. That's the first question they ask him. He joins an interview and... Uh... Basically, they start laughing. The guy interviewing him just starts kind of laughing out loud, saying, you know, go to Twitter, and it's not even about you first. We go to your mom. But if we go back to when Luka, Luka Doncic got Oh, yeah. Remember, his mom made headlines. I started thinking back, and I take Luka's mom, and I hate to even be talking to a man's mother like this, but <laughs> I'm Team Luka before I'm, I'm Team Wilson. Well, I will say when I saw Zach Wilson at the draft, I was looking at him. I'm like, he looks like he's 15 years old. He looked like he was you know, going to prom. Yeah, he, I don't even know if he needs to shave yet, so I'm not surprised. And I'm looking at his mom like, yeah, she's pretty hot. He got interviewed, and uh, they asked him, they said, your mom's become the lead story. And I say that respectfully because people are like, the star of the first round of the draft is Mrs. Wilson because she's a very attractive woman. And I'm wondering how awkward that is for you that you got picked second overall. And the focus is, wow, his mom is really hot. <laughs> and then Zach responded saying, yeah, it's not my favorite for sure. He's is, not that, is that on that. the Carton show? <laughs> is that from the Carton show? I think it is, actually. I, I saw it. It's a, yeah, Carton and Robert. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're right, Nick. That's where it's from. And he said, yeah, that's not my favorite for sure. I like to keep her out of the spotlight. She ain't out of the spotlight. Everybody's going to her Instagram. You know, growing up, you think back, and you always there was always that one friend, right, that had the hot yes. mom, and everyone would always get on him like, is your mom picking us up yeah. today? <laughs> Shotgun. <laughs> you know, you're just for no reason. Hey, does anyone want to help take out the trash? Me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you always had that friend, and that's what I thought about here. But me, I feel like I'm cheating if I go to another MILF. I'm still Team Curry. <laughs> Still right? Team Curry? Yeah. Steph Curry's mom. Yeah. She's still in her home category, I think. I'm, she's an attractive woman, for sure. <laughs> the way you just said that, don't you look at me like that <laughs> ever again. This is Moneyline, 713-780-3776. 
Game day OJ mentioned earlier that uh, maybe Tim Tebow catches uh, touchdowns uh, you know, here in town. And that just brings me to what the hell is going on with Tim Tebow popping up in these conversations again. And all of a sudden they're saying maybe he could be a tight end of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, maybe I could play shortstop. Yeah. No, I'm, just, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's a reach because, I, I mean, he's a, he's an athlete for sure. He, I don't know what to make of this, though. Like, wh- where are we going with this? Didn't we talk about this like nine years ago that they're like, uh, Tebow, you need to change positions. Like, quarterback's not working Easterby, out. Easterby, I'll take him. Yeah. Oh, dude, no. Oh, man, that's the God squad right there. You get Easterby with Tebow in the building? Concession, uh, confessions at the concessions. Oh, man. Seriously, that makes so much sense. I hadn't even thought about that. And, you know, sometimes they bring these guys in is so that they can rat on the other players. You know, you get one of these older players that's these character guys, and then they kind of listen to all the conversations from the other players, and then they go to like an Easter Bee type, and they rat everybody out. So sometimes they bring these guys in just to kind of get some intel on their own players. So that would make some sense, but I just – with Tebow, it, it's, he's 34 now, Jerry. He's, I think he ran like a, a high 4.7, a 4.840 back when he came out. I, I bet he's luckily, lucky to run like a 5 flat 40 now, and you're going to play tight end? I just I don't, I don't see it. I'll never forget that game against the Steelers, though. Like it left. A, oh, yeah. It left a, Demarius Thomas. Thank you for yeah. rubbing that in. Mm-hmm. He died to me that day. <laughs> I just still couldn't believe that that happened that game. I, I mean, if, if you look at that the the box score, it's just like how, how the hell did they lose that game? But again, now he pops up, and I'm just thinking now. I think we're reaching a little bit here. It just there, there's many other things to worry about right now for Jacksonville than trying to bring in to, to hook up, you know, Myron and, and Tebow again. That's just not what I think that they should be talking about right now. But. How about this one? And again, 713-780-3776, everything's open for you. What do you think about as far as Lawrence versus Wilson prop bets? Who's going to have more yards? And obviously more people are going to say Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, the, Who's in the better spot right now? Because if you look at the Jets draft, they drafted four. Their first four picks, all offense, all guys that people wanted on their teams. These are all got names that people say, hey, these guys could change our, our team a little bit. These are guys that you want. Everything's set. For Zach Wilson and his mom to be successful, <laughs> to be very successful, does he have any any kind of play over as far as, yeah, I'll take that over because right now it's set at 4,250 yards for Trevor Lawrence. The under is minus 134. The over is even money. So will Trevor Lawrence go over 4,250? And then Zach Wilson's at 3,850. So they're saying 400-yard difference. Man, that feels like a lot for the passing yards for for Lawrence. I'm forty two hundred as a rookie. Like that's that's pretty sporty. With a new team or, or with a new system in place, a, a a rookie coach, rookie quarterback, a rookie running back. A t- yeah. And James Robinson was pretty good last year. You know, year. that's what I was thinking when they did that. A lot of people, like, even on TV, when they were talking on the draft, they were like discounting Robinson like yeah. it was nothing. Yeah, that, and I'm thinking. And he was, for a while there, he was the guy, the best pickup. He might have been the guy that won yeah. you your fantasy. Yeah, he was like a fantasy MVP because you could pick him up off the waiver wire, and he was a top 10 running back. Passing touchdowns. Lawrence, 24 and a half, 22 and a half for Zach Wilson. I think DJ Chark is the kind of the X factor here. He's already, in my opinion, a good NFL receiver. So he's a guy in fantasy. I'm going to target kind of a sleeper. I think DJ Chark with that upgrade in quarterback play, he could be pretty good. I think 
I think that the tu- I like the over on the touchdowns better than the passing yards for Trevor Lawrence. Just me. Um, with Wilson, I got to see what the Jets. I got to see what that looks like, man. They've just been so, so many bad questions. for so long, and young guys. And, and I'm hearing ETN might be their third down back for the Jags, at least for the foreseeable future. Which you don't take a running back in the first round for him to be your third down running. Back. That's why it just made no yeah. sense. A team like that, you figured, well, they must be set at every position yeah. to go ahead and take a third round running back, and they're not. I no. didn't like it at all. You know who didn't like the draft? Kirk Cousins. Do you think he feels some type of way knowing Kellen Mond is on a, on his heels now? Mm-hmm. Do you think that uh, this is going to be any kind of competition, or do you think it's just a, a matter of debt? I think it's depth and preparing for the future, because I think Cousins has two years left on his deal. $56 million over those two years, too. Look, you you got to say it with an ugly face. Yeah. <laughs> $56 million. I mean, because that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I don't, I don't like that. I don't either. I see what you did there. I mean, to me, I think they got their money's worth when they went in and beat the Saints a couple years ago in the playoffs. Like, I did not see that coming. Yeah, they said, you're good. Yeah, you're good. You went in and won a playoff game in New Orleans and beat Drew Brees, and Brees was terrible in that game. I just The Vikings really took a step back last year. Their defense, that used to be their calling card, and they're just not good on defense anymore. So in Mond, do you feel like he's a guy that will take a while to develop? So maybe he's the you know their plan for after Kirk Cousins moves on. Because some of these quarterbacks, you ask, all right, what's the over under of when he's coming in? For example, let's say okay, the Bears situation. Andy Dalton was sitting with his family. You know, poor Andy Dalton. He was playing. He was sitting around playing Nintendo Switch whenever he saw the ding 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 ding. Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. At which point. His hair turned blonde, Josh. This man just stood up and said, what the hell? They told me I was the guy. Let's let's think back with the, the Bears just months ago said, you're the guy. When they missed out on Wilson, they came out and said, we got the red rifle. Number one quarterback. Remember, they tweeted it out. <laughs> what week over under we said in that fields hits is a starter? Four, oh, six, bye week. Yeah, I think maybe about four games, maybe something like that. And you know he has to thank for this is Trubisky and Deshaun Watson. Like, this is the Bears trying to correct what they did wrong in that draft when they took Trubisky instead of Deshaun. Bears starting safety comes out and right away on Instagram says, about damn time they give us a quarterback. Yeah. You still got Dalton on your team. You're going to have to see that kind of locker room. It's Moneyline ESPN 97.5. is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Quick shout out to everyone hanging out on Twitch. That's twitch.tv backslash ESPN 97.5. Titan Hugo, Flimsy Cherry, uh, Crystal, Titan Hugo. Everyone's talking about uh, Curry's mom. She's the GOAT. (laughs) Yeah. The MILF talk. I had a feeling that would be the hot topic today. The MILF talk. I like if there's a if there's a MILF statue, it's got to start with Curry's mom. You know, everyone everyone has to throw dollars, change in her direction, then they enter because I think she is a she stands at top. She does, and we're talking about that because Zach Wilson's mom 
became the number one story in basically in New York after the draft that her Instagram's blowing up and I think it was the New York Post did an article about her being the MVP at the draft so that's why we're talking about MILFs today and it's funny the guy that asked him the question there's been quite a quite a bit of backlash for him even asking about that and you know he defended his position saying like look that the post did an article about it i'm not allowed to ask him you know why why is everybody aiming this at me so i don't have a problem with the mask i think it's funny man it, who cares right tell you who else is catching smoke paul feinbaum savage mm-hmm. bill belichick for being lazy late in his career Ooh, i like this it's 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 rubbed people the wrong way though right because people that are close to him want to say man there's one thing you could call Belichick but not not lazy that's the guy that says no days off no days off no days off as they're celebrating a, a Super Bowl right they're in the parade and this man's talking about no days off he's looking at Gronkowski on the on the beer funnel talking about no days off and we know from the Julian Edelman story when he saw Belichick's wang in the hot tub <laughs> that they were he was there at like 11 o'clock at night walking no on the treadmill off. grading film <laughs> is that what is a coincidence or is this let me, let me get past that all either way Paul Feinbaum says I'm also a little concerned with this rather lazy well Bill Belichick knows what he's doing um really have you guys watched the New England Patriots in the last couple of years he's made some dubious coaching hires starting with his son he made some disastrous draft picks. We can't. How do you argue with any of that? Their drafts have been terrible, and what they did in free agency. I know both of us hated it. Yeah, it just it it, it doesn't give you a sense of direction. Is no. what it is. They went out and said, "Well, who who can we get the best? Let's get the two tight ends on the market. <laughs> yeah, let's go spend all the money on tight ends." And we talked about this a little bit during the break. This is all more reaction to Tom Brady. It's not just Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, all these quarterbacks reacting to what Brady's doing. You're seeing Belichick being desperate after he sees Brady leave and go win a Super Bowl. We're calling it Brady fever. Yes. Let's really think about, we spoke about Aaron Rodgers and, and everything that's going on right now. That's, what is it really? The way that they lost. Yeah. We talk about, well, what's changed in, in Watson since the contract? Well, what's changed for Rodgers since the beginning of the year? He, he, he went MVP. They, they made their run. What's changed? The way it ended. Losing to Tom Brady. Not having the chance to take that. Not ever being able to catch him now. If he beats Brady there and then goes on to win a Super Bowl in the season where he was MVP, and then he comes back next year, and he does it, let's say, again, and then maybe MVP again, and maybe not a Super Bowl. Let's not just say the Packers are going to go out here and, and start a you know a, a three-year run, but he wins one, makes another run, maybe a few MVPs before he leaves. He's at least, I mean, Brady last year put him in a different conversation, but he's at least grabbing, saying, hey, I'm right there. Now, it's like you're never going to be, it's going to be you had all the stats, the attributes. But but you you were never that winner that Brady was, and maybe he would at least get in that Peyton Manning area, you know, where he's, he had two Super Bowls, Peyton. So you know, if if Rogers got another one and then maybe makes a run at another one, then I think you elevate him, you know, where you see him among the all time greats. But where do you rank him right now yourself, though? As far as do you got Manning or Rogers? I'd still put Manning in front of. He's got the two Super Bowls, and I mean, it's easy to forget like how great Peyton Manning. was. You know, he was a regular season, just MVP. He was incredible in the regular season. Peyton just had trouble getting past the Patriots. A lot of people had trouble with that. It's that era. It's like the the Warriors era. A lot of teams are going to say, man, if they weren't in that, me being a Steelers fan, every Mm -hmm. time you ran into them, if we didn't have to play them, that's what a lot of people are going to say. It is. And, And think about that game that you brought up where 
where Rodgers lost to Brady. Remember, that was kind of a blowout in the first half. Like, Brady came out on fire. Remember, he threw that touchdown right before halftime. Scotty Yeah, to put them up by a lot of points. And then Brady threw some interceptions in the second half, and Rodgers came storming back. I mean, if if Rodgers had come back and won that game, that would have been like an all-time comeback. You know, coming back from that deficit to beat Tom Brady and to, to go to the Super Bowl. But he didn't, and he didn't get a chance to because LaFleur took the ball out of his hand. And that's what's so crazy about last season because we always talk about the uh, Mount Rushmore's, for example, But our, and football quarterback, and there is no Mount Rushmore. There's, there's one solo dude up there, and that's going to be Brady. And especially if you look at how he did it last season, going to another team, uh, it, it, the COVID situation, why they started off slow because the team wasn't even really on the same page. They were learning a new offense. They were trying to – it was on the go, making it happen. And then the people that he took off along the way, you know, yeah. be, beating, just slashing them out the way. Get get out the way. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you want Mahomes. Mahomes, the young guy, that went, you, you want a piece of me again because you think that they, we jumped off sides and that's the reason, mm-hmm. right? Like, you think you jumped off sides and that's the only reason I, that I, you gave me the ball with too much time left, young young guy, right? Yeah. Young young gun. You know, he, he uses that. He, oh, Chip. That's what Brady tells him. Hey, Chip, Mahomes, you'll never. And like I told people after the Super Bowl, He'll never, and I'm a Mahomes guy, he'll never be able to catch Brady. He can go and win the next four or five, and it's going to go back to, in Brady's, not going to call it worst moment, but that's not the best Brady that you saw last year. That was just Brady being himself, you know, making it happen. You couldn't even beat him then. No, You sure as hell weren't going to beat him in the, in, in the prime of his thing. In the prime of that run, you were never going to beat him. Brady got him twice, right? The, the, the jumped off sides one that you point to. And a lot of people say, oh, you know, well, Brady, you know, he should have lost that one because of that interception. And, and that, that's fine. I also have an inkling that Brady saw the guy lined up off sides and, you know, and took Snappy. a shot knowing that, hey, this is going to come back anyway. I'll take a shot here. And it, you know, ended up being an interception. Like, I don't know that. But quarterbacks do that all the time when they see guys are lined up off sides. They take a shot down the field. So I'm not surprised Tom did that. But my point is, is that Brady beat him then, and then he beat him last year. On the biggest moment. And look what Brady did. Uh, let me go to New Orleans and knock off Drew Brees. Then I'm going to go to Lambeau and knock off the MVP and Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. And then I'm going to go play Mahomes again and beat him. <laughs> Just cutting heads off. Well, I mean, what else you do you gotta have to do? you got to respect that. You, gotta, you have to love to hate that. Yes. <laughs> you, right? You, you, you hate it so much, but you're like, man. I'm never going to see anything like this again. No. This is an old man out here with a team put together to, to 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 benefit him. And all of a sudden, you saw in that Super Bowl, that wasn't any coaching going involved. That was Tom Brady's playbook that day. That day, it was Brady. And like all his players say, he texted us from the very get-go of that week. Like He told us we were never going to lose that game. If you, you, know, you think about that, and it just gives me chills. You know, That's just the kind of guy... We're, we're never going to lose that game on Sunday. And they went in there believing that. They did. And they smoked them. They did. And Mike Evans was just running open. I mean, so much of the game. They were all like, I mean, the play calling, everything, they, the misdirections, the, everything they did was on point that day. They were running the wrong routes and still yeah, catching Antonio touchdowns. Antonio Brown. Yeah, yeah, they were still. And then what's crazy about that? They bring all of them back this Yes. Day. And Breeze leaving that division, you know, I, Matt Ryan, I know they they got you know a good tight end added to that, but to me they're not a, a real contender. The Falcons, I think Brady should as long as everybody stays healthy, that should be no problem. They should win that division. What'd you think about the Julio rumor coming out all of a sudden that he he's on the table? Yeah, well they had a lot of you know changeover there. You know, new coach, new GM, and 
I think if they had got what they wanted for Julio, they they might have considered it. But man, an old receiver making that much money—you can't trade those guys. That nobody. Yeah, I, let me give you a bunch of draft picks for a guy that's old and will cost me a ton of money. Nobody does that. One of the greatest coaches ever, Bill Walsh, said, "You build your team wide receivers the last position that you get." And 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 I always think about those words yeah. because it makes sense. And look at what the Patriots did, for example. If you can find you some system guys, yeah, you can make it work. If everything around it is such such a well oiled machine that you just need your 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 receivers to be efficient. We've seen it with Aaron Rodgers the last few years. Devontae Adams is great, but he wasn't a first round pick. They've always tried to find that second guy. How many years yeah. have we tried to fit in the Lazards of the building? The you know like whoever just. Just give him a two, whoever that guy is. And whenever you're doing your fantasy lineups, you always say, he's going to throw touchdowns. If it ain't Adams, I'm going to catch, I'm going to get the rest of them. Yeah. It, you know, I guess it was at its best with Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. You know, that's when they, he really had some some great talent there. But lately, it's it's been Devontae or bust. And that's what you get going. It just, his situation is so, it's so specific to, to what is his ultimate goal? Is it winning? Was it the money? It's winning. You know that he's got the money with yeah. with the Watson situation. You asked, was it money? Was it winning? Because for a while there, at one point, it was money when you signed that contract. You didn't care about the winning because that team is the same team. You know what they were gonna do. What is it now? All of a sudden, you're, I just want to win, guy. All right, we'll give back that money. Let's start this over. Mm-hmm. If you want to be, in, you know, it just, it just, it's just bad timing for him. And now that you see all these quarterbacks going, like, hey, this is this is gonna trickle down for years to come. When when when. Veteran quarterbacks, superstar quarterbacks get to the end of the career and they're not happy or as happy. You know, everything gets old at one point or another. Mm-hmm. That 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 relationship relationship between Brady and Belichick eventually fell off. You heard all the stories about, you know, Tom Brady's trainer coming in there and whatnot. What happens when other quarterbacks get to that that marriage part, that past 15 years and just like, you know, I need something new. Mm-hmm. New year, new me. They're going to leave these teams thinking if Brady did it, I can do it. But that's just such Brady's just such a different character to be playing at that level at that age. I don't see people doing it. That's the thing with you know we talk about Aaron Rodgers. Are we just assuming that he's going to play till he's forty two or forty three like Tom Brady? Like that is not the norm. Everyone's assuming now that Brady's a little different. Yeah, don't get me wrong. We see Brady all the time at the Kentucky Derby. We saw him get plastered and get carried out. But that that's a different character. He. He sleeps standing up. I mean, this yes. man This man is different than what all these other guys are, and we keep, I guess, putting it up. Oh, yeah, this guy's going to play to 42. I keep thinking yeah. every time someone has a conversation, they're like, yeah, he's still got four or five years. Yeah, look at Drew Brees. Every year he comes out and tells you, man, I played half the year. I didn't, I had seven injuries. Yeah, shattered his ribs. And I'm going to shatter this next segment. Last segment, we're going to cut it open. I'm going to give you a little bet. We're going to Spain. It's Barcelona next. ESPN 97.5 You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5 And on ESPN 92.5 Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan Last segment here on Monday Line, ESPN 97.5. Flimsy Cherry says, will the Texans win four games this season? 
Well, according yeah. to Vegas, four and a half is the over-under, and they sit at the bottom of those odds. They are the, the worst team as far as projected win total, four and a half. Let's start right there because Josh makes a great point. They won four games last season, and that was with Watson having the most passing yards in the league. Yes. You think Terod Taylor's doing that? What does Taylor have to do for the for the Texans to win more than four games? Can he play linebacker? <laughs> Can he punt? <laughs> Can he cover receivers? <laughs> okay, say, say he's fantastic. And I, how, how is he going to be fantastic with no weapons? But say he is great. Then what the hell is the defense going to do? You know, like, he can't go out there and do that also. No. The, the def- and they didn't do anything early enough in the draft, the Texans, to help the defense out. They are going to be bad. I mean, like, worst defense in the league bad. It, it's going to be terrible. It is, it's not going to be good this year. Sorry, guys. I think the Texans kind of expected that. They'll draft at the top of the draft next year, and then maybe they can start rebuilding the team. But I thought it was very interesting. They went all offense early in the draft, and they didn't really do anything with the defense. And I don't love the free agents they brought in on defense, man. I I think they're just guys. I'm really concerned. The secondary, I think, is going to be terrible. The defensive line, it's just a bunch of dudes. It's going to be a, a hard watch this year. We talked about the Cowboys division. What do you see about the division now as far as the Texans, AFC South? Did anything change after the draft at all? Here's what the big thing that changed. The Jags have a real quarterback. You know, now the Texans are the team that are going to be the Jaguars of the division for the foreseeable future. The the Jags got themselves a quarterback. So now it's going to be the Texans, you know, in the cellar and for the foreseeable future. They're the worst team in the division. They're the worst team in the division. Well, and I, I don't think it's debatable. It's in the league right now, according to yeah. those odds. I told you, literally, four and a half, that's the basement. for. T- and, and this is with an added game to the season. Yeah. like We're saying four and a half loosely because we're used to the 16 games. If we were talking last season at four and a half for, for an extended season, that means it would have been like four, maybe three and a half games that season. Imagine going into this year being, looking at the odds and saying, four, three and a half games? The Texans. Remember when we'd be upset when every year the over-under would be like, you know, seven and a half or eight, you know, because the Texans went like eight and eight like every year. The nerve we had, right? Missed those days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come back. Like, you know, all the eight and eight jokes. Yep. You know, the best eight and eight team in the world. Well, I'll, how many of you would take eight and eight right now? Yeah. Seriously. But in a way, though, you say that we say that loosely, though, because that was mediocrity. Yeah. And then they that's why they always stood around there. At least now that things are getting shaken up a little bit, maybe things have to happen. Another four-win season, what mm-hmm. happens then? What happens another four-win season? I mean, Cully's going to be here for a while. Casario's going to be here for a while. These guys just signed long contracts. And I think the team knew, like, we're not going to be good for a while. When you say Cully's going to be here for a while, honestly, it just gives me a – it makes me feel some type of way. Yeah. You it think, should. Like, really? Like, he's going to be here for a while? This guy? <laughs> yes. This guy. That's all the direction that we had? You know, with, with everyone available? With, at that point, Watson being such a commodity for a, for, for, a, for a coach coming in saying, I'll coach that guy. At that time, you know, it yeah. seems like another lifetime ago. They almost hired Josh McCown. Like, Holly's team's backup quarterback was almost the Texans' head coach this year. That almost happened. Just think about that. You think about that. 
Seriously, the guy's never done it before. They almost hired him. Desperate measures. Yes, though. that's what I'm saying. These te- he, they're getting desperate. They're they're they're. They interviewed him. He's never coached in college or any. He got interviewed <laughs> for a head coaching job. Think about this. Never, never. This is like they called him and say, "Hey, have you ever coached?" No, it's he like was wa- still on the roster like when Watson, they interviewed him. It's like Watson with the masseuse. Remember, hey, do, do you do massages? They said no. He said, "Well, can you? Can you do a mass? Oh, that's, you do makeup? Well, you've rubbed shoulders before, right? Yeah, that's that's the. Do you do massages? No, I'm a. You know, I sing. <laughs> well, well, can you massage? You know, that's what they did to uh, to, to whoever they interviewed. Yes. Do you coach? No, I mean, I, I'm I'm good at so and so. Well, can you coach? Can you coach? Do you have any experience? No, but I, I like football. Yeah, I like football, too. Don't hire me to be the head coach. <laughs> Want to go play video games yeah. with, with, with Cal? Cal? Cross legs? Oh, you got to think like Easterby and Cal are doing like Madden franchise mode when they're putting together the roster. You know what I mean? Like it, it just it has to be the case. They're in there playing Mario Kart. I can, <laughs> I can see them just again, man. This is things that from a franchise level that we, we, we make fun and, and jokes about it. But in the overall look of it, it's just. It's a joke. It is. It's it's a straight up joke. This is where we've gotten to to where we're watching the draft and and looking for, playing where's Waldo with Easterby. And as soon as you see him, you're like, yeah, him. Look, I told you he's still involved. He's first, involved. First thing that came to my mind, if you're watching it and you saw Easterby, what's the first thing you said? I, there he is. There he is. Get him out of there. Fist bumping like crazy. So excited about the draft pick. He's involved in this stuff. If COVID had a face, it would look like Easterby. You know, like I looked over and I'm like, yeah, that's that's COVID. <laughs> no doubt about it. But and, and that's the problem, right? No matter who they draft and what they do, you're not going to really give them the benefit of the doubt because based on what? Why would you give them the benefit of the doubt? Based on what? They have screwed up everything. So they're going to have to show the fan base that they're going to have to prove it on the field with wins before anybody is going to give them a shot. And, and rightfully so. Wins? Seriously, and that's going to be years from now. But the, you know the Texans fans never going to turn his back fully? You, you, you think the, you, you know they're going to be in the house? You see a lot of people on Twitter saying, you know, I'm not renewing my mm-hmm. tickets. And then they renew. Yeah. So at this point, it's, it's, it's all in your hands, fans. It's, it's, it's the, as long as the money keeps coming in. They don't need to change something. Why, why, why change if, it is, if it's not broke? And on their aspect, it's not broke because the, this is a business. No, they're making money. And as far as business-wise, they're making money. They're profitable. As far as success on the field, that's a whole different ballgame. And as long as you're showing up and buying the merchandise mm-hmm. and, and going out there and tailgating and going in there and hoping that you get the product that you don't get, then they're going to keep acting this way. They are. But – you know, they, we had the Houston Sports Awards this week, and they gave, you know, Andre Johnson, you know, he's in the Houston Hall of Fame now. And that's part of it, too, right? When, you know, maybe your most famous player, Andre Johnson, you could say J.J. Watt, too. But when Andre's coming out and going, man, Deshaun, don't waste your career there, you know, like I did. And, and Easterby's a problem. Name an Easterby by name. You know, he's a problem. And, and this, is, this is your guy? Like your best player ever, and he thinks the organization is a disaster. That's a problem. You know, Easterby sitting there, and when he heard the Andre Johnson bring his name up, he's like, "Why do you bring my name up? I, I got you out of this building. You know, you're out of here, and and, and now you're bringing like he doesn't want anyone bringing attention to him. That's 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 what he, the card he's always played. Say the right things, get in with the right people, 
and just slide your way in. It just never has been seen in a franchise in professional sports that a guy goes from, you know, chaplain to making decisions, personnel decisions. Yeah, he's like VP of football operations like, or whatever. I mean, when do you ever see that? When do you ever look at, even when Sports Illustrated had that story, look at the steps of where he started and what, when will you ever see someone go from that point to, to making personal decisions for an NFL franchise? I'd like to point to the Astros. Could you ever imagine Jim Crane hiring somebody that's never had any experience at doing the job? Like, Jim Crane would never do that. That's why the Astros are a good franchise, and the Texans are not. Something I'll never do is get out of this show without giving you the winner that I promised. We're going to go to Spain, and it's the Barcelona game. And I think there's going to be goals all over that game. You're going to go like this. You're going to go to my bookie, and you're going to go to both teams to score and over two and a half goals. I think that the total's at three and a half. If you're not playing both teams to score, it's better to go both teams to score over. There's goals all over that game. Book it. Sign it. We're out of here. I'm signing off for the squad like we do every single Sunday. That's Josh Jordan. That was Nick Sharara. And I'm Jerry Bonos with a Z. Peace!